Amen, everybody. Amen. It's good to have everybody. Well, today's message is going to be about the ups and downs of life. That sound all right? I'm going to make sure that we're, we're on the same sheet. And uh, has anybody had some ups and downs in their life? Amen. amen. I figure everybody's going to You know, and so guess what? The message is for you today. I want to tell you this. God's message is for us every day, no matter what's going on in our life. God has a way of working that through his spirit in us to bring out what we need to hear. And so today, I'm believing and trusting God that he's going to speak to each of us in a way through his message that is unique to us. That's just how much he loves us. You know what I mean? That's how much he loves us. And I, and I want to talk a little bit about today about abandon, abundance, and blessing. I call it just walking through life. And I think if we live long enough, we're going to experience a little bit of each one of these. What do you think? Absolutely. So anybody ever have the feeling of being abandoned? Well, gosh, I guess it only happens in my house. <laughs> Let's try that again. Yeah, Nobody ever just feels like they're the last one. Nobody wants to talk to you. Nobody wants to play. Anybody play Red Rover when it was coming up? Have you ever been the last one? You know, it's like, man, come on. What's wrong with me? You know? That's, sometimes we feel like that. Now, you know, and, and that's not necessarily the truth because if you're a child of God, he's never going to leave you for sake. Amen. But I was thinking when I was putting this together a little bit last finishing touches last night, as, as many of y'all know, on Saturday night, is my preaching to the couch mode. Yeah, that's what I do. You know, one of my buddies said, that, that, that cat's couch has got to be holy by now. <laughs> you know? So I get a little time away, and I just said, Lord, what are you going to show us tomorrow? What are you showing us right now? And when I thought about, you know, being abandoned, I thought about many different things in my life, but I thought one that I could actually share at church. But, <laughs> but I thought about this years ago, and uh, I had a sweetheart at one time, and she wanted to go to West Virginia. I said, no problem. We can go to West Virginia. I've got this real fine car, 1973 Nova, right? That's real cool. Jay's the only one knows what I'm talking about, right? With the wide tires and the hijackers. What's the deal? Things change. When I was coming out, all the cars were like this, and now all the cars are like this, you know? And, I, and the bad part is now, after knee surgery, stuff, I can't get out of the car like that. I got to roll out, you know? So I was like, yeah, man, we can take the car, no problem. The guys I was working with, they said, hey, look, man, why don't you borrow my truck? You can take my truck. I said, my car is cool. It's got dual exhaust. It's got new tires. <laughs> got about 150,000 miles on it, right? So I said, okay, I know where we got to go. Your people live here. My dad's people live here. No problem. So we take off and we're driving in. Everything's lovey-dovey. And I can tell you what I found out with those, those tough hijacker uh, shocks in the back. They don't give. So when you go around the corner too fast, it doesn't do this. It goes like that. <laughs> and, man, she looked like a hockey player about the first three turns. We took mm, up against the wall. So I knew already we was already pressing so we get there and we visit, and I noticed that my car, while I was going back and forth to my uncle's house and her people's house, had a little miss in it. Okay, it had a big miss in it, but I was just like, man, we got a long way to go. So my uncle looked it over and everything. He said, well, we got to put some new plugs in it. So we put some new plugs in it. And he says, uh, does this burn oil? I said, hey, you betcha. So he bought me a case of oil. A case of oil, right? <laughs> I, love, I love that guy. I think, I think he had a little vision of what's going to happen. So I told my girl, I said, well, this is what's going to happen. I said, we're going we're gonna to leave early. We're going to leave at 3.30 in the morning. That way, you know, we're going to get the jump on everybody, and we're going to be home, man. We're going to be back in town. Okay, so we get out there, and I mean, it's the wee hours, man. Everything. They're out there, and I get in there, and I'm rolling, and this is how bad it got. My car started missing and doing this. And all that. She says, Everything, everything's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's probably just the road, right? Man, this thing, I'm going, we're not going to make it. And it was about the part where you go, 
I'm way too far from my uncle's house. You know, and you, you, you're out there. You know, when you get a little bit past that comfort zone, you go, you're on your own now, big boy. So we went through this one little town, and I'm not kidding you. Went through this town. It's like now it's about 4.30, right? I go up this hill, and it won't make it up the hill. So I turn and come back down, and I got enough speed to go up the hill again. We're like an hour in. This is like a 13-hour trip. So we're going. Finally, when light comes up, we pull over, and I go, I think, I think we might have no problem here. What's up? I said, uh, it's broke. You know? So I did this stupid thing. I turned the car off. Right? <laughs> yeah. And I can tell you when I turned that car off and tried to start it again, it went, gee, 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 gee. that road went, Whoop. you know, like the road runner, man. That thing just went way out like that. And I was like, you got any ideas? Because <laughs> I'm out right now. So what had happened was the timing chain on the front of that car that gets everything running smooth had jumped timing because I put such a load on it going up the hill. And when it jumped the time, that means what used to be, you know, like on your clock, if something used to be 12, now it's like 1 o'clock, but it's really 12. Does that make sense? It just threw everything out of whack. It wasn't in working order. So I go, and finally I'm sitting on the side of the road like this. Oh, by the way, it's around Thanksgiving, and there's no auto parts stores open, too. Just want to throw that in. And this guy pulls up in his car. And he goes, what's the problem? <laughs> and you know, you want to go, I was just waiting for you. <laughs> it's broke. And he goes, try to start it. And the guy said, well, I ain't going to get out of the car, but I can tell you what's wrong. And I said, well, what's wrong? I'm ready. I'm ready for this revelation. He says, your time is out of whack there, boy. I was like, okay, how we fix it? Because <laughs> it's a long way to go. He said, well, you got you to gotta go back here and take this wrench. And he told me what size it was. And I got on there and got, got moving around on the distributor a little bit. And I got my girl on there. He said, turn it. I said, I'm turning. He said, well, turn it the other way. I said, I turned the other way. And that thing hit. He said, turn it a little more. As long as you had half the pedal down, it was good. But if you let off the pedal, it was not good. I said, man, I thank you. I told him, scoot over. And we took off. Damn. I used 10 quarts of oil from West Virginia to Williamsburg, and I had to buy some more. And I thought, man, what's going on? You could only do, like, if you got under, like, 65 or 70, it started breaking down. I said, we got to go. But you just have to give us a ticket because I'm not stopping. Yeah, we were just going. That thing was all the way over here, and we're just going. And I felt pretty abandoned at that time. I thought, man, that road is long. Oh, let me just tell you, there were no credit card stuff back then. I didn't have one. You know, there was no credit card. There was no cell phone, no GPS. Just me and her going, how you doing? How you doing? How you doing? Don't let off the gas. You know, it is rolling. So we get here, I get back to my house and my fine trailer that I had at the time. And I got out. And I remember my neighbor said, hey, what's up? I didn't even talk to them. And I sprawled out, I'm not kidding, and kissed the ground. She said, he's crazy. Well, I was happy to be home. You know, I was just happy to be home. And there's times in our life that we feel like, man, that road is long. Man, I just want to go home. I don't want to play anymore. I don't want any more oil. I mean, I would put the oil in, and it was running on my shoes. It, it was done. And my buddy finally fixed the car. He goes, you drove this how long, how far? I said, from West Virginia. He goes, man, God's got his hand on you. Isn't that something? In the midst of that, I wasn't seeing that. I thought he had me in a chokehold, you know? But God said, I'm going to get you home. I'm going to get 
just like we're learning on Tuesday nights. The life of Joseph, I want to talk about that a little bit. Joseph went through a lot of stuff. We've been pulling from that the last couple of weeks in our message. You know, from the pit to the palace, and many of y'all know the story, he got sold into slavery by his brothers and went through a lot of different things. And people lied about him. They threw him in jail and they forgot about him. But God never left him there. Never. So if you feel like you're in the pit and you're on your way to the palace, just hold on. God knows where you are. You ever think about that? Do you ever? Have you, am I the only one who does it? Lord, I'm right here. Remember me? You know? And usually what happens is that's the time I need to be listening instead of bumping my gums. You know? I always said it's amazing to me that I hear from God more in the shower than any other place. And I think, you know, as time went by, I figured that's the only time my mouth is shut so I won't drown so I can hear the Lord. And I think, man, why don't I just listen more? Why don't I just listen more? And you know what? As we do that and we spend time with God, his voice doesn't have to be loud when we know who it is that's speaking to us. Always line that up with the word of God. You're never going to go wrong. You're going to hear a lot of voices. You'll hear your friends, well, you should have done that. Or you'll hear somebody else, well, you should have done that. But I'm going to tell you what, when the Lord is guiding you and speaking to your heart, you know. And not only that, God can use godly counsel from your friends and things. But I want to tell you this, always line it up with God's word. Amen. So with that being said, I want to move on a little bit. Anybody else got a scary story like that? <laughs> we'll share it a little bit later. So let's take a look at this. Got a scripture up there today. I love what the psalmist says here in Psalm 73, 27, 26. Excuse me. It says, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. I tell you what, when that car started breaking down, and there's many other stories. That's just, you know, something that just popped in my mind. I had no money. I, I mean, I barely had enough money for the gas, let alone problems. I didn't, I didn't budget for problems, you know? A lot of times we don't budget for problems in our life. But you know what? God does, and his grace is sufficient. But I'll tell you what, when I look at this and I said, man, isn't it crazy how those desperate moments really put things in perspective? You know, you don't desire to go through them, but they can make us stronger. And God has a way of just continuing to show his amazing grace to us each day. And, and I was looking at a few things here. And I said, I'm finding out with each passing day, I'm more and more dependent upon the strength of the Lord. How about you? That's not a bad place to be. I found that I can get myself in a whole lot more trouble than I can get out easily. You know? I used to say this all the time. Isn't it funny when you say stuff when you think you're really cool and later on the Lord just kind of replays that to remind you or not? You know? It just brings you back down. I used to say, man, I'm, I'm a grown. I'm a old man. Yeah, I'm a old man. If I make them, I'll solve them. Ooh, wish I didn't say that because there's a whole lot of problems that I can create in my life that I can't solve. You know? But there's nothing that God can't work through right now. That's what I want to see today. I want you to see the glory of the Lord of what he's doing. So we know that leaning on the strength of the Lord is not a bad thing because he is able when nobody is else is even thinking about what's going on in your life. So when everything seems to be stripped away and things seem to be, you know, you feel abandoned, just remember God still loves you. God sees, I love saying this, this is amazing, but God sees your best. He's On your worst day, God can still see the best. Man, Lord, help us to have eyes for others like that, you know? When we look at other folks, and maybe they don't act like us or walk like us or talk like us, Lord, help us find that good thing in them. You know? What a difference it would make in every area of our life if we would have the lens of Christ. Amen? So let's take a look at this. We're going to go back and talk a little bit about Joseph, like we said. I'm going to jump on in here. We're going to first talk about being abandoned. And I thought, man, I 
think most people can uh, can really uh, get a feel for that. Let me get my notes together here, get everything out of whack. I said, you know, the thing about being abandoned, what comes with that? Usually fear, doesn't it? And what happens with fear? Fear robs. It will paralyze you. It will rob you in a minute. And I said, you know, I, I wrote a couple of little things down. I said, every time we buy the lie of the enemy, the enemy, every time we buy the lie, the enemy makes a profit. You think about all the stuff going up and down on Wall Street and everything. I try to use some of those terms. You know, when we do that, I said, don't support the devil. When we start buying into the lie, you can't do nothing. You're not worth nothing. You're too far gone. What do you think you're doing? I thought you were a Christian. What are you doing that for? Anybody ever hear some of that? That's not God. That's not God. Now, he has no problem correcting us. You know, that's not the best for you. That's not what my word says, right? But it's totally different. Now, I want you to take a look at this. I was looking at a, at a few things here. And I said, you know what? I said, bankrupt the devil by putting your faith in Christ. You can do that. You rob him when you, when you start walking in faith. I said, look how God promoted Joseph the whole way through the story. You can go back and take a look at that in Genesis. You get a chance to refresh your story. He went from the pit over to Potiphar's house, back to jail, back to, back to, the, to the second highest guy in command at that time in the nation. And God was working things in his life. So, so if you're going through a tough time right now, Realize this, God is still creating and building strength in your life and building character in you for the task at hand, amen? Now, if you look at it that way, it sure helps to go through a lot easier. You think, what in the world's going on? There's a lot of things that we deal with are self-inflicted. There's a lot of things we just get caught in the crossfire, amen? Joseph wasn't doing nothing, you know? He probably talked a little bit too much to his brothers, and they say, hey, well, we're done with you, you know? But he was just sharing his heart. But it didn't catch God by surprise, not at all. A few things I want to share here. I said, realize the tough spots can make us stronger. Pain isn't my favorite pastime. How about you? It really isn't. It's, it's not. A matter, matter of fact, my wife would probably tell you that's very true. Like she says, you're not a very good patient. I'm not patient. It's like, I want to be better already. Everybody does. You know, if they say, well, if you can move your leg this far, I go, well, a little's good, a lot must be better. Wrong. Miles, I saw her look at you. <laughs> see, I told you this message was going to be for everybody in here. But sometimes we just, man, you know, well, if a little's good, you know, then more must be better. But I'm going to tell you what, that's not always the case. But I tell you, those tough times, what happens is it does bring a lot of things to the surface that we might need to deal with. Have you ever thought that you would respond a certain way and then when that situation lands on your front doorstep, you don't, you don't do that? It's, it's, it's funny that when I was younger, I would have a lot of answers for people that were going through stuff that I never went through. Well, man, all you got to do is this. Man, all you got to do is that. If that was me, I'd do this. And guess what happened? It came to my house and I didn't do that. And I thought, I don't always respond like I think I'm going to respond. But I know how I need to respond because it's in God's word. There's nothing fun about going through a test. There's nothing fun about going through a trial. But knowing that God is going to be with us and knowing that he's never going to abandon us and walk us through the other side makes all the difference, amen? All the difference. If I say, hey, man, we're dropping you off somewhere, I'll be back in three months. And things get tough. So well, he's going to be back in three months. You know that that's going to happen. You know we're going to come through the other side, right? 
But you know what? God doesn't even leave you for three months. He doesn't leave you for three minutes. He doesn't leave you for three seconds. So remember that the next time we feel like we're a little bit of a band. Now, I got real deep the other day. I was writing a little something. This is what the Lord gave me, and I hope it makes sense to you guys today. So I'm going to read it to you. I said, the taste of grace is never sweeter than when it falls on the lips of desperation. That was a God thing. And I'll tell you what that really that meant to me was this. There's nothing that can be experienced any better than the grace of God in our lives, especially when we're totally poured out in desperation. There is nothing sweeter, nothing better than to know that God's for you. When everything else is stripped away, when everything else looks, looks like this is it, it's like the cavalry coming. Man, here you go. God's for me. God says he's never going to leave me. He said, well, that's, that's if it's not your fault, right? No. He doesn't have all these little clauses like me and you put on things. You know, I love you until you did that. Now I don't love you no more. His love is unconditional with no conditions. That's the God we serve. That's the God of the Bible. That's the one that gave his son to pay our sin debt in full. Amen. Can you follow a God like that? He's the only true God. He's the one. And his word is true. I wrote down here and I said, when his, light come, when his light comes into the darkest times of our lives, we get the clearest picture of Christ. I said, we get a whole new view of what God's doing, amen? We get a whole new view. Because think about it, many times we get busy, don't we? I'll do that. I'll do that. Oh, I got to do this. And you know what? I'll, 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 get, I'll get what you want to do later, God. I'll fix this later, God, or whatever the case is. We start putting God on the back burner, amen? And we, maybe we don't even start out like that. I had a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, led him to the Lord, man, bought him a Bible, everything else, man, years ago. He was digging in. He would call me on the phone. We would go over stuff, and we would just talk about the Lord and everything else. And then he got a house project. Man, so it sense. And here. I'm not coming down on people. I'm just saying, there's always going to be, well, as soon as I get that room done, I'm going to be back. Okay? I know there's things that people got going. I understand that. And your church attendance is not going to get you to heaven, but I tell you what, it will feed your spirit every week. He says, don't forsake the assembly. And so after that, I thought, my gosh, he must have a mansion by now. That's been two and a half years ago. You know? But I got to get this deck done. I'm thinking... You got six days to swing a hammer, man. You know? But I just, okay, man. And then the calls dropped off. And then when I would say, hey, man, you know, and, and I will tell you this, I'm never going to put you in the chicken wing to see if you're going to church or something. Like I was telling Jefferson, if somebody comes regular and then they don't come, I'll call and see if you're okay. Not the church police. All right? But I want to know what's going on in your life because we love you. You're family, you know? So if something's going on, it's like, hey, is, is everything okay? Outside of that, you're grown. You know what I mean? God is the one that's going to keep you coming back. God's going to keep you plugged in. Amen? So it's ultimately, it's, it's, it's your relationship with him. But we can come alongside and encourage one another. Amen? I tell you what usually happens, what I find, I know in my life, is if you take one week off, it's easy to take two. And if you take two weeks, you probably ain't going back anyway. Right? But then especially, then the devil get on your back like this. Wee! You see what you did last Saturday night? Huh? He will. He's, did, did he ever ride you like that? Huh? He'll get that away. Let me get that boy. He ain't coming back now. And you're just going, oh my goodness, there's 
no way I could possibly go back. I did this, I said that, and she said this, and I did that. All these lists of stuff that woulda, shoulda, coulda, man. But, but what happens is the devil started going like this. He don't want you to see the truth. He wants to get in front of this thing right here. He wants to get in front of that, that cross. He don't want you to see Jesus here. Matter of fact, I'm going to tell you some good news. Jesus isn't here. He's risen. See? He's risen. That means everything that in that word, everything that we believe is based on that. He is risen. It's ours. It's ours for the taking. So we get to see the Lord in a whole new light in some of those situations. But I will tell you this. As we go through life and we grow with the Lord, we don't have to wait to see the Lord in a bad situation. You can count your blessings. Amen? Do you see him and what God's doing? You know, sometimes you go, man, I don't know how God's going to work this out, but I know he's working it on our behalf over and over. But he starts revealing things in a whole new setting, a whole new way. He starts revealing how, how the power he has to heal things in our life and change things in our life and to forgive in our life and to love in our life and to conquer, to be more than overcomers, right? More. God came to give us that abundance. And we look at this, I said, no one ever comes up short doing what God asked him to do. I didn't say it was going to be easy. I also will say it's not comfortable a lot of times. Has that ever happened to y'all? Oh, man, that's happened to me. Now, I love to share Jesus. Don't usually have a problem at all with that. We'll hold up a drive through and bless a burger for somebody. It don't make no difference to me. You know? I remember one time I was at Taylor's. I was sharing some Jesus. Right? And I don't know what got into me. And I was telling this girl about the Lord and everything. The guy was like, <clears throat> I said, it won't be a minute. You got salt treated lumber. Just wait. <laughs> I just kept on preaching, man. Ain't no big deal, brother. We got to talk about Jesus. We went, we went to a conference one time and came back to the McDonald's. We led a guy to the Lord in the McDonald's drive-thru. Got to share, share with the guy who's out there. I said, how's it going? Everything? The guy, give me my order. And he's like this, Lord, I just asked you to come into my life right now. Beep, beep, hold up. In the mighty name of Jesus. It don't matter because you know what? God will show up anyway. You know, <laughs> I'm not kidding. If we're telling the truth, we're right there. It's high intention, and they're going, Amen. Amen. And sometimes the Lord will tell you, You know, you should have told them about that. We went one time, Tanya Tim was with me, and we were in a, we were in a Best Buy in Norfolk or something. All of a sudden, Tanya's like, Oh! I said, Where's she going? He said, I think the Lord was saying to pray for that man. <laughs> hey, uh, it's just going, uh, You know, uh, how you doing? <laughs> All right? She says, you know, I just want to tell you that the, the, the Lord just laid this on me to pray for you. But okay. I know he's thinking, boy, they got a really good sales staff around here, you know? And then, and then I got to tell us, I love hanging out with them. We went, we went to a Chick-fil-A, and the girl gave Tanya change back, and Tanya grabbed her hand and wouldn't let him go pray for a new job for her. She said, she said can I just pray for you? And the girl thought, yeah. And she's like, I appreciate that so much. I'm looking for a job. It's those nudges when God nudges. I'm not to don't do that on your own. But if the Lord nudges you, go with it. So there's an abundance of God's working through this. It's fun being saved, man. You know? He's like, oh, well, I got to sit around and thump my Bible. No. No, I led a guy to the Lord one time over a vacuum cleaner. I'm not kidding. We went there, and we were in a Sears, and I was like, man, this guy, I said, hey, can you help me? And the guy, I'm always looking, I'm just, this is a side note, I'm always looking for a doorway to tell somebody about Jesus. And he was a young guy, and kind of strong guy, had his arms, then his shirt all up here, and he had a, a tattoo of a cross there. And I'm going to look for a replacement filter for my Craftsman vacuum cleaner. 
And we go over there, and the guy's talking. He's like, well, we got this here, we got this here. And every time we do this, boom, I see that cross on his arm. I say, hey, man, I appreciate all you have. I said, what's that cross mean? I love that. Somebody's got jewelry. What's that cross mean? Is it just jewelry? It doesn't mean something to you. So he held his arm out like that. He says, uh, he says well, my grandmother died. She, she practically raised me. This guy, he was a teacher and doing this. So he was, he was in his mid-20s. And he says, uh, that's her name and stuff like that. And uh, he said, you know, she, she was a church woman, and he was telling me all about this stuff and everything else. And next thing you know, I'm talking to the guy. I said, well, you think you ever see her again? I hope so. I said, you think she went to heaven? He said, oh, I know she went to heaven. She knew the Lord. See, he had pieces of the puzzle, but he didn't have his piece of the puzzle. See, you're not going to go to heaven just because your grandma is, okay? Let me tell you that real fast. Just because she played the organ or whatever or, or, or whatever, it's about a personal relationship. So I turned around, and, and I looked at that arm again. I said, let me see that tattoo, man. I said, do you know what that means? I said, that means right there, that represents that God gave his very best to pay our sin debt in full. Right there, right there. God had given his very best right there. And it was a way to connect with him. And, and I went through the whole gospel message. I said, man, all of the, the fall short of the glory of God. But man, God's grace and his abundance, God loved you so much that he made a difference right here, right now. What would keep you from receiving that? And the guy is bawling. Lord oh, Jesus. My gosh, you're working here. And I got to share and lead the guy to the Lord. Now, I tell you these stories not because it's a buddy, Tanya, Tim, or anybody else's story. Because it is a God story. Amen. And I want you to hear that. And I want you to know no matter where you're at or what's going on in your life, God can use you. He will use you. He'll give you the words to say. But when I get the opportunity to share about those things, it energizes me for today. How about you? When you get to share a testimony about what God's doing and this and that, man, it just gets us back on top. And what happens is, even those times when we felt so abandoned, we know that, you know what, following God's lead is always going to be the best. Amen? Always going to be the best. So I pray today that we can reclaim some of those dreams that God put in our heart. I wrote a few things down. And remember the promises of God and make the most of every situation because God is a God of abundance. Everybody doing good? Say amen. amen. All right. All right, I got a few things here I want to share. Yeah, I got a scripture up there, John 10, 10. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. And Jesus is speaking. He says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. How many have heard that scripture before? A couple of times, right? What do you think about that? Does that sound like a pretty good deal? Oh, it sounds real good. Let's break this down. Abundance. I even looked the word up. An extremely plentiful or oversufficient Quantity or supply, overflowing fullness. That's what God's got for you. How are we going to come up short in Jesus? You're not. But see, a lot of times we get focused on stuff instead of the substance. Amen? Amen. I'm going to tell you what. If he's your source, he'll be your resource. Amen? You'll see it over and over and over. I said, there's nothing lacking, nothing left undone in Christ. I talk to people all the time and they say, yeah, yeah, I'm saved, but I need to do this and I got to do this and I, I, all that stuff. Like they're gonna, like they're gonna one up God. I think our life should change when we call on the name of Jesus and God comes into our life and, and His Spirit's in here, and it, we should start looking at things different. Our actions should follow that. But you're gonna still have some rough days, Amen. You're still gonna do some things that probably are not the best plan. Anybody? Okay, I'm gonna pray for all y'all. <laughs> start with me. And if you ever heard me preach, I say this every week. I'm preaching to me first. Because you know what? There's things in our life 
that God is still working on. But your salvation is secure. I want you to hear that. Let's keep on going. So I had a few things to share. I said there's nothing lacking, nothing left undone in Christ. Nothing whatsoever. So sometimes we run through some tough stuff. And I said this. I said move to the center line. He said what do you mean by that? And I thought man isn't there something here? When we look at that, that means a lot of times we need to refocus on the Lord and get our eyes back on the main thing. My buddy told me this when I got ordained as a minister years ago. My buddy, a good guy, he pulled me to the side. He said, man, I know God's been using you. I know there's a lot of stuff going on, but can I, can I give you some advice? And I said, yeah, man, I'm, I'm listening. And he gave me this piece of advice, and it's, it's just real simple. He said, bud, Keep the main thing the main thing. Keep the main thing the main thing. Don't get wrapped around the wheel about this and everything else. Keep preaching Jesus, man. Keep pointing people to the cross. Keep pointing them to what Christ has done. And I thought, man, you know what? At the time, I was waiting for this big, long thing, do's and don't, and, you know, comb your hair a certain way and, you know, all these things. But he just said, you know what? Keep preaching Jesus. Stay close to the Lord. We can never go wrong with that. And that's, a, that's the word I got for you today. I said, you know, with abundance comes responsibility. You ever think about that? I said, you know, I, I don't think folks get that all the time. I said, God will watch what you do with a little before he gives you a lot. You know? You ever heard that? I, I've heard people all the time. Well, once I get all this done and I get the pick three lottery and do this and all that, then I'm going to do this. Well, what are you doing with what you got? And it's not even about the money. What are you doing with your time? What are you doing? What are you doing as far as encouraging somebody? You know? How many people do you walk by in the course of the day and you don't know if they're saved or not? And the Lord says, you know, you might want to tell them about me. And you just keep on walking. Keep on walking. Keep on walking. I went one time, uh, this just popped in my mind. One of the times my mom was in the hospital about a year or so ago, and I spent a lot of time up there, and I was just like, I just got out of the room and I was walking. I said, man, I want a candy bar. Okay. And then I said, man, I sure would like a Gatorade. What a combination, huh? So I go and I said, well, if I'm going to do that, I'll go down the steps. That way I'm working some of it off. See, I'm thinking. And so I shut the door behind me and I go, I don't want to go down the steps. And the door was locked. <laughs> Guess I'm going down the steps. And I went on down the steps. I went on down the steps, four flights of steps. And I came over there and there was two young ladies getting ready to close the little gift shop. And I got to talking to them. And I got my stuff, and I got up there. And they gave me change. And, and many of y'all say I won't do it today, but a lot of times I'll take a dollar and kind of walk through the gospel message and tear it and this and that. And I won't, we'll save that for another day. Unless you want to do it now. I can do it with 100. You got one? Let me see if I got one. I didn't know I was going to do this. All right, let's go for it. Just for, for all the newcomers. This is how easy it is to share your faith with folks, right? Usually when they come back, and if they give me a crisp $1 bill, they're going to hear about Jesus, I can tell you right now. So they give me the change back. And I go, hey, thanks, I appreciate that. And I was getting ready to put the money in my pocket. I heard the Lord say, ain't you going to tell him? He didn't say, ain't. But <laughs> Are you, aren't you going to tell him, you know? And I go, yeah. So I said, hey. I said, what's that say on the back? And most people will say, one. I said, you're right. I said, that's cool. I said, you know what? I said, there's only one way to help. I said, what else does it say? Then they get it. They go, in God we trust. I said, you're right. I said, if you was to die tonight, do you think you'd go to heaven or hell? Uh, 
get that pause. 90% of the time, this is what I hear. Uh, heaven, I hope, or heaven, you know, kind of not sure. I said, really? I said, why would you go to heaven? They go, well, I'm a pretty nice person. I said, you know, I bet you are. Can I ask you a couple questions to see if that's true? And they go, yeah. I said, have you ever lied before? Oh, they go, yeah. I said, well, lying is sin. and sin. I'll tear you away from the things of God. They go, he's ripping the money. Tearing the money. I said, have you ever uh, taken anything that wasn't yours? Well, maybe when I was little. I said, well, time doesn't forgive sin. Only the blood of Christ has. I said, so, so you stole something. And if it's a guy, I love doing this. I said, have you ever looked at a woman with lust? And before they could say it, I said, I'm going to rip it because you already told me you lied. <laughs> you already told me you were lying. I can't trust you, right? Right? <laughs> Probably goes both ways. I said, so by your own admission, you're a lying, thieving, adulterous at night. You've got to meet God on Judgment Day. Does that concern you? They go, yes. See, now, see, Psalm 19, 7 says this. The law of the Lord is perfect in converting the soul. I didn't beat them up. I just asked them some questions, right? So we're taking God's word, right, going around their intellect and going to their heart. And the spirit of God is working that, right? And I said, you know what? I'm the same guy. I said, you know what I used to think? I used to think if I come over here and give more, do more, help a little old lady across the street, put a couple of pennies in the, in the uh, church pot, then I'll be all right. But you know what I found out? And they're going, yeah, yeah, what? I said that my sin separates me from God. And the Bible says that my works are like filthy rags. So guess what? No matter what I do on my own, there's a great chasm between me and God. And that now they're listening, right? And I said, but then, see, now that they know, you know what, I need a remedy for this. Then they're ready. See, God has taken his word until the, the soil of their heart. Now I'm going to give them the gospel message because now the seed of the Lord is coming in there in the word form. You ready? So I said, but you know what? God loves you so much that Jesus Christ paid your sin debt and put full. And he put his loving arms around you. He said, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And I said, does that make sense? I said, because Jesus is coming to restore us back in that relationship again. And he puts us back together just like this. And he go, dude! <laughs> right? Just like that. And then I usually say, but if you've got $100, I'll show you something how to make it this way. No, I'm just teasing. I said, you know what? That really blew you away. I said, that's just a little something to open up the door to tell you about the truth of God. I said, the miraculous thing, the thing that, that, that is so big is what Jesus did for you. And they go, can I see the dollar again? <laughs> and they're still missing it. But sometimes they go, wow. I said, does that make sense? That, that we think we're good. We think, well, I'm not as bad as that Buddy Chapman guy. Well, that might be true. But guess what? You need Jesus just like Buddy Chapman needs him. All of a sudden, it falls short of the God. Over and over and over. So going back to that time there. Both those girls now. That makes sense. I said, what would keep you from receiving the greatest gift ever given? They go, nothing. I said, well, you know what? If you believe what I tell you, and I can back it up with God's word. I said, what would keep you from praying and ask the Lord in your heart right here? Nothing. Right there in the gift shop. They got a bigger gift than they could ever fit through that door. They got salvation for eternity. Give the Lord a hand clap. That's God It's just as easy as that because he does all the work. Got a couple things to share about this. I said abundant isn't always calculated with the dollar sign attached to it. We think about that a lot of times. We think, oh man, abundance, they think money, they think stuff. 
Let's not think about that. Let me ask you a couple questions. What, what do you think of when you think about abundance? What's that? Food. Food? We had abundance already. Was George coming up with a, a, a full thing of so, I mean, you know, I don't know about y'all. I've never been hungry before. I guess you can see it when I turn seven. But no. I'm talking about, you know, people that, that don't have a meal. You know? I thought it was tough when we didn't have pizza. You know, that's a tough thing, you know. But you know, when we look at the abundance of so many things, our life, our family, our freedom, our forgiveness, abundance, that overflowing that God has for you. You know, it's, it's amazing the things that, that God has, has shared and stuff. I was sharing with a friend the other night. I'm going to tell you another God story just because I can. And uh, I never get tired of sharing the God story. It seems like when things are stripped away, you hear clearer. That's what I was saying earlier. Many of y'all know many uh, years ago that I, I had my arm. Uh, I was at Walmart and a box fell over to rip my bicep from my arm. That is not a nice feature for a guitar playing guy. I can tell you that or anybody. And they said, we got to sew this thing back together. And, you know, they give me all these things. And I said, man, I was, a, I was a little scared, you know. We had just did another CD. I, that week, I had just came out of the radio station. I thought, this is it. We're going to hit it now, man. This is the plan. We just did this new CD. We're on the radio. We're doing this and everything else. <sighs> I can't move my arm. Woo! Let me tell you, that's about how quiet it got when it starts sinking into me. But then something clicked on the inside of me. I said, you know what, Lord, I don't care if I can't play again. I do care, but, but I'm telling you this. I will still serve you, and I will tell everybody I care about you because you're just that good. They put me in the ambulance. I was sharing Jesus. When I got to the hospital, my brother-in-law came down and said, bring in some CDs. He brought some CDs. I got my arm up like this. I said, hey, I just want to tell you, I've got another. I just hope you bless and everything else. Everywhere I went, I was sharing Jesus, boy. I said, take that down. I had to play in church the next day. Couldn't carry the guitar. Thomas carried the guitar. I took my arm out of the swing, played one song, put it back in there. The dude said, didn't you just have your arm in a sling? I said, yeah, but God's working. So I had to go and get ready for the surgery. And I got in there and he had my little hat on and everything else. And the was reading the paper and I was reading the book of Ephesians. I love that book. Talking about all the promises of God. And I was sitting there just like this. I'm going to tell you, God, God, I got to have a billboard sometime when God's talking to me. And I was sitting there. And all of a sudden, the biggest raindrop I thought in my life hit my head. Three times, boom, 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 and I started crying. Man, just the presence of God just fell on me. And then he said, baby, it's going to be all right. I said, you ain't right. They can't mess it up if they try. I said, God's moving in this thing. I was so cranked up on the Lord, man, you got my attention. And that they had a minister come in. We said, Mary Macklin. And a minister come in. I said, how can I pray for you today? <laughs> he said, uh, my brother's got some problems. I said, well, let's pray for him. They were praying for him. Yeah. And then he says, what do you what do? You do? <laughs> I said, I tell people about Jesus. Right? And I said, they're playing some music everything. I said, give him a CD, baby. Give him a, here. Everywhere we go, she had a pocket like this. <laughs> man, I'm telling you, man. She's like, like this. You know? They use our music and Mary Magdalene to witness the people from that. Take that, though. You know what I mean? So there's opportunities. I could have said, I can't play the door. You know, all these things. And I thought, take that now. Take that. Because I knew there was an abundance of what God was doing in my life. Amen? Check this out. Even when they did the surgery, things came out of there. And I, when, when I opened my eyes, and I could do that, I said, oh, Lord, you is just so good. And then I couldn't breathe. And I started hitting on the side of the, I felt like it was about this much I could see. 
And I kept hitting on the side of the bed, and the bed was going like this. And this is why Denise says, I'm not the best patient. So the lady comes over there. She says, Mr. Chapman, are you all right? I go, I can't breathe. Oh, let's look at your bottles. And she said, oh, you're doing fine. And I grabbed the woman. And she's going, does he have family here? And I go in there, I'm not letting the woman go. And Denise says, I'm pulling a woman out of the I can't argue with her. I can't I didn't do good with the medicine. They find that out later. Meanwhile, you know, the lady's like, okay, take him out. And the guy comes over and he, and he, and he does some formula and he writes it on the bed. He says, give him one of these. They still can't breathe. Give him so many milligrams of this. I can breathe a little bit, but now I'm sick. Then he goes, give me one of these. And I let go of the lady. <laughs> I let go. And I go, he said, how you doing now? I said, I'm not, I'm not doing good. He goes, well, you're on your own, bud. And I got sick as a dog for a little while. Even in that process, I got my hand working. All those things that I had saw what God was doing earlier, a couple hours ago. Man, when things start going bad, my eyes got real big. I thought, you can't leave now. You know what I mean? I'm still here. I'm right here. <laughs> you know? But I felt like, man, abandoned. But his abundant blessings and grace and mercy come on for me. Every time they would do my arm, they have to think of a protractor and they move it and wrench it like this. Like this, I love this. The guy goes, hey man, you always hear that heal that fast? I go, God, so good, right? Every time they would move my arm, I'd go once a week or whatever like that, they go like that, it would double. And they go, man, that's all right. Do you know how many people that I got to share Jesus with during that time? Then you have the guys at work. And they go, so, so God broke your arm to share Jesus? I go, no. I say, he works all things together for the good. He said, you want to break the other world, we get the whole crew saved. And you get people like that trying to steal your joy, Right? I said, that's all right. I can't do that job right now. Can you get that? Because <laughs> I'm the boss. I got to keep promoting me. Right? <laughs> Thank you, Joseph. <laughs> yeah, man, isn't that a shame? Well, you know what I'm saying? You need to go out there. All right. You know, we joke about those things, but I'm going to tell you, the reason I like putting in real-life stories is because that's what it's about. It's real-life stuff. It's about the abundance of God working in our life. And he only gives good gifts. Amen. Let's keep on rolling. We'll pick it up a little bit. Everybody doing good? Say amen. amen. Let's talk about the blessings. I thought about this here. I'll probably jump it up. When you think about blessing, what comes to mind? Mike, what do you think? Barbara? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was watching where you put You're absolutely He was fast there. Okay. I'm going to tell you, he's the official married man either or you. We didn't have that stage. Jimmy, I didn't go to you because I didn't know I didn't know if you get that hand up there fast enough. What about what are some blessings? What do you think about a blessing? Maybe you what? Miss Rob? Amen. Anybody else? Look, Jeff, you can't use the same one that he did. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> All the guys going, yeah, it's her. You better say it's her, right? Restoration. Restoration. Amen. And it, Amen. Come on, I'll let it. Come on, her children. My boss. <laughs> now that's a blessing. That's awesome. Y'all taking applications? <laughs> that's awesome. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. 
friends, church, salvation, so much. I want to encourage you when things start getting rough and you feel like your air is choked off, take a few minutes to think about those things that God's blessed us with. But then I want to ask you this. How often do we thank God for? That's good. Often. Probably, probably wouldn't hurt to thank Him a little bit more, would it? You know? Now, I tell you what, I've seen some people say, thank God the kids are going back to school. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I've heard that too. Yeah. There's probably some truth to that too. You know? So how grateful are we? You know? It's, it's amazing. I'm going to give you some more scripture. Hopefully you see that there. Jeremiah 17, 7 says this. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its root by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. It leaves, it leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. I like that it bears fruit. Think about that. You know, we're talking about coming to church and, and, and plugging in his word. And, and not just church, but I want to—I want you to, to, to walk from here and open up your Bibles at the house. And come on Tuesday nights and things like that. And it's not, don't miss what I'm saying about church attendance. I just want you to grow in what God's got for you. Amen? I just want you to grow in that. Because I tell you what, there will be times that come that you feel abandoned. Amen? There will be sometimes you feel like you're shipwrecked. And everything that you put in is going to come back out. Don't even know why I'm sharing this, but I'm going to share this. I had a dream the other night, two nights ago. Terrified me in this thing. I met a guy. I, don't know, I knew the guy, but I didn't know who the guy was in my dream. Just tell me that. And he was going through addiction. And he wouldn't listen to nobody. He wouldn't do nothing. And I said, look, God paid a price to drop that right there. And I remember waking up, praying for this man. I said, let me tell you right now, man, you are, you are healed by his stripes. God has, has overturned this thing here. He's bigger than this situation. And I was just preaching and preaching and preaching and preaching. And, and, and the guy was just like this. And all of a sudden, it just like broke off the guy. He just went, ah, delivered. I don't even know why that was something I was thinking about. But when I came out of that, I said, Lord, how does that work in the message? And he went back. No doubt, when you feel like that, when you've got the chains of whatever it is on you, you might feel abandoned. But I'm going to tell you, there's abundance in God's word. There's blessing in God's word. And I tell you what, we need to be holding on to God's word and speaking God's word to those situations. Amen? Because it'll make all the difference. Look at this here. I love it. But blessed is he who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. Are you confident in Christ? Are you confident? I, I said something about this a couple weeks ago. We're trusting God, the risen Savior, Jesus Christ, to hold our eternity, hold our, our lives for eternity. Amen. Do you think he can work in the situation today? Yeah. Absolutely. Don't let your situation overwhelm you. Let your eyes focus on the finished work of the cross. Look at time and time after again. I, I, I do this myself. I, I encourage you guys to do it. Write in your journal when you're going through some stuff and how God brought you out the other side. Write it down and go back and go, look, look how God brought me through that. I got to talk to a friend the other night when we were just sharing God's story. And at the time I shared, uh, you know, several things that God had did. Over the, it wasn't that I forgot what he had done. But when I gave voice to them things, it stirred up in my heart 
faith like you wouldn't believe. It's like, that's what I need to be doing. What am I doing? You know? Sometimes I get tired. Y'all ever get tired? You get a couple extra phone calls, wearing down, this going and you get tired, and you're just like, oh, you know, oh. But you know what? We need to get back in the game. We need to be refreshed. I pray refreshing on us today of God's blessing. So we need to just, just get back in the game and trust God. We need to be planted by that screen. Let our roots go down in his word so that the Lord can bring these things to our memories. When I was in that dream, I didn't even know that I knew all those scriptures. I was constantly going against the shackles on that man's life with the word of God. Boom! Just like that. Boom! And it, every time, and this is in my dream, now, every time I would speak the word of God, it, the chains on that guy would just rattle. And finally they broke off. And I thought, isn't that an amazing, amazing sense of the power of God's word? And you know what? Who has God put in your life to intercede for? Who has God put in your life that can, can you know, need to hear about the Lord? Maybe it's you today. You know, you say, man, I don't know how to help anybody. I'm just trying to help myself. Well, you know what? That's okay. Sometimes you've got to help yourself so you can get strong enough to help somebody else. But I'm going to tell you, it all starts with this. It starts with coming to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. And that's where it starts. And, and you know what? That's where it finishes, too. Because on that day, when we stand before the Lord, it's not going to be, well, how many songs did you play for me, buddy? How much did you put in the church out there, Sally Sue? How many, you know, all that. It's, it's not about that. But you know what? It's about receiving the Lord Jesus Christ. I share this many times. I can hear this guy speak in my head. God led me to the Lord. He said, son, if you don't do anything else in your life, ask the Lord to use you to lead just one person to the Lord. Man, I saw that guy lead so many people to the Lord. Pray for so many people. Elderly guy, still going strong, man. I said, man, you need to rest, Bill. Oh, I'm all right. And he called me. He says, you know what? I'm working on my my washing machine today. Had no clue about it. I don't work on the washing machine. He said, but I pray that the Lord show me how to fix it. It wasn't something that he added on to his life. It was his life. Is Christ your life? Let's take a look at this in closing. So many lessons. Hmm? You know, there's times in our life that we will feel abandoned. And I pray there's many times that we feel his abundance and his blessing. But I'll tell you what, the next time when things get tough, can you say this? My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. I got to see that lived out in that man's life. I get to see that lived out in a lot of your life. I hope that you see it lived out in my life. But the truth of the matter is this. My flesh and my heart may fail. But I'm going to tell you what God will never fail. As we go through today, I, I want to say this. You know what? Make God your abundance. Make him your blessing. Receive all that he has for you. Never think that what's going on in your life don't matter. Because it does. I saw something that the niece... Lisa had the other day a little thing that popped up on her computer and said something on She said, Let's see if I got it right. Said, that one child is somebody's whole world. You know, my wife's a teacher, and the next teacher, there's other teachers and things in here, and moms and dads, aunts, uncles, and grandparents. You know, that one child is the world to everybody. 
Isn't that something? How can we make a difference in that child's life? Because guess what? They're our future. They're our future. I know that God is going to put people in your life this week that you can make a difference. They don't have to be young. They may be seniors. But I guarantee you, if we're looking, God will open our eyes up and say, you know what? There's a place right here for you to encourage someone. Are you willing? Are you available? Let us pray. Father God, I thank you so much. Even though we're abandoned and our feelings, the truth is you've never left us. We have such an abundance in you through your love, through your life. And Lord, the blessings just continue to flow. Even in the midst. Father, I thank you for each one here. And I pray if there's one here today that does not know you as Lord and Savior, that today is the day that they come to that saving knowledge. I'll ask you the same question I asked people when I ripped that dollar. If you die today, do you know for sure you're going to heaven? What would your answer be? Maybe, I hope so. It doesn't have to be a hope so. It could be a no-so. You can know beyond a shadow of doubt because God's word says if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in our heart that God raised it from the dead, you will be saved. Have you done that? Have you done that? Well, today is your day. You can pray right where you are. You can't clean up enough. You can't do enough, but you can receive them right where you are because it's your day. It's your time. A time such as this. I want to ask you to just be for real. And if, I, if that's who I'm speaking to, because Lord knows who you are, just pray this from right where you are. Dear Lord, come into my life and forgive me of my sin. Today I'm trusting you. I'm putting my faith in you, Lord. Take this life and make it something. I believe you're the Son of God. Today I receive you. In Jesus' name. That's your prayer today. Don't leave here without telling somebody, you know, I prayed that today. If you're here today, say, you know what? I received the Lord, and, and I've been through some abandoned time. I'm going through a abandoned time right now. Lord, we pray for our brothers and sisters here today that feel just poured out. Lord, I ask you to fill them with all that they need to be victorious in you. Lord, I pray for each one that will hear the message later online that you know what, whatever's going on in their life, it's never greater than what you can do and what you're willing to do in them and through them and for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap. God, move us a lot today. Amen.